Okay, let's not waste time and let's just get into UEFA Euro 2020 semifinal. And then we'll talk about the final. Anyway, so Spain and Italy played. And these are some of the statistics. So shots on target, it was uh, four Italy, five Spain. Shots overall, 16 uh, Spain and seven for Italy. And possessions, 29 Italy and 71 Spain. And passes, Jesus Christ, 387 to Spain's 908. Okay, so this game obviously didn't turn out the way I hoped it turned out. Yeah, I hoped it turned out because I think Spain is just a better team. And we have not been focused on them. I love the Spanish league. I love this the way the Spanish play because, like, as you can see, the possession itself. You know, they're... they're their mentality is just basically pass the ball around, just be patient until you find that, you know, connection and then you go attack, you know? And also it helps like, you know, to tire out the other team because you're constantly keeping them running, keeping them running. It will be a time where they slip and you just slip that ball in there. So their style of football to me is just supreme. And where Italy's style is just more like just go ham, like just go straight at them you know, and see what happens, you know what I mean, just see what happens, so that's what they were doing, so the tempo of the game wasn't even disappointing at all for that reason, you know, you got these two counteract, you know, these, you see one team just passing out, the other one is just like, you know, sprinting at them, you know, trying to get the ball back as quick as possible, and create chance as quick as possible, it was a good combination for me, so the whole game, there was not a dull moment in my opinion, I like to give a shout out to, you know, Busquets, because man, dude, I'm I'm disappointed that he missed the penalty and also the fact that you know the team didn't win because you know this this was this was like it showed leadership dude I I haven't seen I haven't seen play this role and he fits perfectly so I think you know Spain is going to be another dangerous team to watch for the 20 2022 uh, World Cup also Pedri Pedri oh you know Phil Fodum get out of here Greenwood, who? Pedri is the guy. Like, I don't think he's getting enough attention. Forget Mbappe. Forget Erlen Haaland. It's this guy. This this guy easily came to his own in one season. And now he's compared to one of the one, one of the most legendary midfielders in the game, you know? And I just don't think he's getting enough attention and credit. Because I think next season, one player to watch of it's for him. Like I, I there's there's he's only 18, dude. He's only 18. So much to come. So much to come. So he was... Him and Busquets together, they were just throwing passes in there. But for some reason, all the forward for Spain decided to have a Morata day. So Morata didn't play... Morata didn't start the game. You're assuming these guys would be like, yeah, we'll show Morata how to score goals and shit. But these motherfuckers did the same exact same thing as he's been doing. Mikelo Yazaber, Oh my God, man. Like, I don't know what happened to him. He's been solid. Like, every time he's subbed in, he always creates chances. And he scored goals as well. So, you would assume even... I think the, some of the changes why Morata didn't start the game was mostly because of him. Because he was having a brilliant tournament. And then, when they needed him the most, that header is disgrace that he missed that header. You don't miss that header. I, I do not care. You do not miss that header. And what was the other one? Uh... The one where he couldn't just control the ball. Like, the ball just couldn't come to him when he was just one-on-one with the goalkeeper. Oh, my goodness. So, just those two right there, homie, just destroyed. But it wasn't just him. 
Same with Delmi Alma. Like, this dude has been missing... Same. He should have been... I think Morata could have started in front of him. I would rather have Morata start than this dude. Because just from his previous patterns, he's been, he did the exact same thing he's been doing as well. He gets good chances, creates even good chances, and he'll just bottle it. It's like, it's like Vinicius. Anyway, so, you know, Spain. it wasn't just Spain night. They, they created all these chances. It just didn't work for them. And on the Italian side, you got Immobile having just a shitty, shitty tournament. But the good part about it is Kelieza and Insigne are having phenomenal tournament. Like, sometimes you forget that, like, you know, Immobile be messing up. Because you got two two supporting cast who are just overshining him to the where you kind of just ignore, you know, Immobile in a way. Or his, his effectiveness of scoring goals or whatever. And then their midfielders, you know, Barali's been great, you know. There, him, him and Jorginho together with Verratti, man, dude, it's it's amazing. But I think I think Pedri and Busquets and Koke were better. They were just better. Like the fact they hold the ball, I mean the fact that Bus, the fact that Busquets just in the middle, just you know, architecting the whole game. You know, the whole tempo of the game was going from him. You know, and I have I didn't see Verratti control the game as much as I thought he would. And same with Jorginho. So I'm hearing about this all, this baloney about Jorginho should get the Ballon d'Or because of that penalty that he scored. Are we serious right now? Are we serious? Stop it. What? what like, ha- stop it. Stop it. Varadi is better. Barella is better. What are you guys talking about? That penalty? So if, if just hop and skip, hop and skip got to you guys. I get that even Chelsea won the Champion League, but majority of that was had to do with Conte. You know what I'm saying? So I, I know even people were saying that like, you know, if France would have won the Champion League, should Conte get the Ballon d'Or? That's more of an argument to me than this, because Jorginho has just been Jorginho's just been average to, in my eyes. Anyway, so Italy wins the game. The second game is Denmark and England. And this game was kind of what you what you expected, honestly. You know, you Denmark has a great goddamn run. They they have no business being where they're at right now, but they're here, and they proved that they deserved it to be here. To the final whistle, I said, to the final whistle, man. You know, there are times where just, they kind of just set set back and you know soak up the pressure. But when they had the chance, they would go ham on them, you know. But sadly, I just think England just had way too much talent for you know. For them to keep them from scoring. You know, you got Harry Kane and Sterling who have this connection where, you know, that, cr- that cross pass where, you know, Saka gets the ball, looks at Kane, he passes to Kane, Kane crosses in, and then Sterling runs across the, like, runs towards the front post. And it's a goal. You know, even the first goal, I think, even the first goal was that. Like, they, they, they actually created three chances just like that, and they got one of them in. So, I mean, those three up top, they just couldn't handle it. Mason Mount was okay. I don't even know why he was in there. I was quite surprised. Devlin Rice, this guy this guy deserved to go a bigger club, man. I'm hearing that Chelsea might be in the hunt for it. Yeah, that seems solid to me. That seems like a solid idea. And Walker, Stones, Harry Maguire, uh, Luke Shaw, they're all been great. I mean, these guys have been solid. I don't really know what else to say. I mean, they deserved it to come out. I get the like the penalty. I don't think the penalty was a penalty. Sterling definitely tried to get that penalty. That was a straight dive. 
that was just straight dive to me. But, you know, this is football. Regardless of if we have VAR, we have reps that who just don't give a shit what you think. Okay? So, you just got to move on. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, I, I'm hearing that Denmark is complaining about... They're right. They have all the right to complain. But they should celebrate. Like, this is this is such a, like, a... This is a big deal. Like, this is a team that nobody thought they would come this far in any way. But Braithwaite has been amazing, you know. Dilbert has been great. Demisgari, is that his name? Demisgari has been amazing. That free kick that he got in there, that was that was outrageous. That was outrageous. And I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be a big transfer his way coming, you know. Overall, they've been great. England was just a better team. So that was uh, that was it. Now the final. Now the final is going to be Italy and England, you know. Is football coming home? Is it coming home or is it coming to Rome? You got that? That's that's what that's, <laughs> that's what social media has been talking about. You know, they've been saying you know uh, there's a lot of like uh, there's a lot of Italian fans who put like you know it's coming to Rome instead of coming home, and I thought that was a very good war play. So the final is on Sunday, and you know. I think Italy is confident enough to be like, we got this. There's no reason for us to slow down. We haven't slowed down. We haven't had any kind of complaint or any kind of like major criticism from the kickoff of this tournament till now. So I'm finding very hard to see them losing in any way. But I can still say the same thing about England. Okay. This is a team who, I don't know, man, for like every, every few tournament, every international tournament, people are saying like, you guys need to do better. I mean, they always crash out as the most ridiculous teams with a ridiculous situation. But this this year, this year is different, okay? Because for some reason, England started creating some of the best defenders. You know, they got Trippy Red in there. They got Luke Shaw. They got Troy Midge. They got Harry Maguire. They got Trent Alexander. I know Trent Alexander is not in the tournament, but I'm just saying overall, you know, the, the, the England team has created... Very, very good defender and squad, you know. They're not, they weren't known for that for a while. But, and also same with midfielders. You know, they got, they got everybody, dude. You know, to the point that like, you know, there's a lot of people that if you look at the roster, you're like, holy shit, he's in there? I haven't seen him play in this tournament at all. Exactly. And I think that could be their downfall. Having a hard time picking who would go with who. But I think they, at this point, they don't need, they found their lineup. Like, forget, forget Sanchez. Forget all that baloney, man. They already found it. You know, you got Saka, Kane, Sterling. Don't touch that shit. Leave that shit. You got your midfield set. You got defenders set. There is no reason to change. But I'm afraid, you know, this guy might want to like, you know, do some other shit or whatever. I hope not. I hope not that's the case. Because in Italy, these guys are just getting better. I guess I bet you Immobile is gonna get better. It's finally gonna get his shit together at the last because this is the last game. This is the last game. I would just assume he want to like really, really go out with the you know at least a gun and the goal. Kelieza is just getting better every game, and you got Insigne still great. This is gonna be a good game, and I don't I don't know man. Each either team could win, and I would not be surprised. Whoever wins wins deservedly in my eyes. But anyway, that will be it for Euro. Now let's go to Copa America. The first semifinal game was Brazil and Peru, and you know, I mean, I mean, the most surprising part about this game was like on the second half 
how much Peru dominated Brazil. You know, that was the surprising part. Other than that, you know, the results was what you expected. You know, Brazil is just on it's just too good. You know, they got they got they got Casemiro playing the game and we know about when Casemiro play these they just don't lose. The first half of the game it was just Brazil having a practice really. They were just creating a bunch of chances. Neymar's doing what Neymar does, just like playing around with the Peru players. And you know, they they created like literally fifteen shots, you know, fifteen shots. So they they just had the game controlled until they got their first goal. And they got the first goal towards the end of the first half. You know, on the second half, they kind of just, you know, lost the momentum and Peru was controlling the game. But Brazil was comfortable. Like, they weren't, like, freaking out or anything. They were very comfortable. They just kind of soaked up the pressure as much as they could. And they came out on top. They won the game. Th that was it. There's not really much to say about that game. The second game was Argentina and Colombia. So this was a very good game. This was a very rough game for for both sides, I would say. Because okay, so let me just let me just talk about the stat first. So shots, Argentina 13, uh Colombia 14 shots. Shots on target for each. Possession about 49 to 51. Uh passing literally almost the exact same. Like Argentina has 883 and and Colombia has 887. So <laughs> literally five passes away from each other. Let me tell you about the fouls of this game. It was ridiculous. I don't know how these refs do not call these fouls. Like, it's... Lionel Messi literally was bleeding half of the game. Colombia committed 27 fouls, and Argentina committed 20 fouls. That is 47 fouls in this game, okay? You might be wondering, how many yellow cards? Was, was there a red car? There was no red car. And there was... Combined, there was like 10 yellow cards. I promise you there should be at least 4 red cards in this goddamn game. But regardless, this is just how I know. This is just how Copa America's played. Like it's very, very aggressive. I don't know why uh, Gonzala Gonzala is playing. To be honest, why isn't Gomez not playing? Is Gomez hurt? Cause he needs to be playing. He's hundred percent better than uh, Gonzala, honestly. You know what I mean? And the guy played two games, and all the games that he played, he scored a goal. So I don't understand why he doesn't play him. But other than that, they were great. You know, I like the lineup. Lo Celso has been great. Rodriguez has been great. DePaul has been great in the middle. And you got Messi and Martinez. Martinez is finally kind of getting his strives. Dude has been having a major problem scores this whole tournament. So he's finally getting to his groove and scoring goals, you know. And just Messi, Martinez, and Lo Celso, like that is, that is solid right there. See how I'm not meshing uh, Gonzela? Because he, he shouldn't be in there. If Gomez was in there, this would have been a completely different game. There was no reason for Argentina to go all the way to penalty shootout. So the game kicks off and Argentina immediately gets a great goal by combination from Lo Celso, Messi, and Martinez. Right? And after the goal, the game kind of still like as Argentina was still pressuring. Whenever Luis Diaz gets a chance, he just goes out. And he's he's been great. He's been causing problems for Brazil and Argentina. But anyway, so the game is going and Argentina kind of is just, you know, chilling to be honest. Messi is doing what Messi does. And then like, and then for some reason, these guys start missing chances, you know? And I'm just like, oh my God, no, come on, not this. And then uh, Luis Diaz scores the goal. Now I'm just like, dude, come on. Another year of this bullshit? 
They were doing so good. Are they finally, are they gonna crumble? Is this is this the moment where they crumble? When Di Maria came in and he had that one on one chance where he should have just shot the goal. Like he should have just he should have just shot at the goal. Instead, he held the ball and passed it to uh, Martinez, and Martinez just literally shot straight at the uh, defender that was at the goal line. So when that happened, I'm literally like, yeah, it's over. You can see in Messi as well that he's like, yeah, this is another. Another trash game, another trash tournament that didn't matter. All the work that I've done, it's gone. So he gets a penalty. I'm already nervous. But you know who wasn't nervous? Lionel freaking Messi. He took the first one and he, I mean, that was like, you know, that's that. I wish he would take penalties like that each all the time. You know how that stupid Jorginho uh, penalty he takes that everybody loves so much? I think these are the classic penalties where. You just take up, you pick a spot, you shoot it as hard as you can in that spot. Or goalkeeper, there's no way he'll stop it. There's just no way. That's what Ronaldo does. That's why Ronaldo is the best penalty kicker. Because he doesn't really, he just picks a spot and shoots as hard as he can. And we'll see what happens. But that was the game, you know, luckily, luckily Argentina finally has a, a good goalkeeper. Martinez has been amazing back there. So, and he, I... <laughs> And he was shit-talking, uh, you know, Yamini. And I think he was saying, like, you know, Hey, what's up, dude? I can tell you're nervous. You know, I'm a, I'm a, you're going to throw this ball. I know where you're going to shoot at. I mean, I'm going to eat it up. I'm going to eat it up, bro. And then he eats it up. And the only reason we, we know this is because you can hear everything that's been said. Because there was nobody in the stadium. But anyway, so that was the game. Now the final is Brazil versus Argentina. Okay. And it's this Saturday. This is a very exciting game, you know. Messi versus Neymar. Messi, who has four goals and five assists. Neymar, who has three assists and two goals. You know, this would be a showdown for them. Neymar can score two more goals. And he can over... No, three goals and he can overtake Messi. So that would, that would be something to watch. And this is exciting. This is two players who generally respect each other. They played uh, alongside each other. They created one of the best attack teams ever. You know, him, Suarez, and Neymar. Like 14, 15, 16 was such a good years. You know, because these guys were literally amazing. Like, we didn't know how many champion league they could have gotten if they were still together. But, you know, Neymar just couldn't take the fact Lionel Messi was better than him in every way. So he felt for him to get his own recognition, he had to leave, go to another club. So PSG comes knocking. They're like, yo, you want some money? We got some oil money. And, you know, there's a lot of people who complain about the transfer market. And this was the moment where the transfer market was broken. You know, this player was sold $300 million. I don't care if you're a player or a club. You don't turn that shit down, okay? And imagine you're in Neymar's position. You know, you're at a club where you will never be the main man until Messi retires or leaves. And that's not going to happen anytime soon. And you want a Ballon d'Or and you want to, you know, and be more appreciated, you know. So you felt that if you were to go to another team, you know, the attention would be more focused on you. You'll be the main guy. So that's what PSG basically told them. Like, yo, you're going to be the main guy. We're creating some crazy shit over here. You know, we got, we're going to get Mbappe. You know, it's just, this is going to be great. So he's like, yeah, what's up? Let's go. He leaves for the money. And, you know, the first few years while he was there, he was having a problem with his own fans simply because people were just kind of jealous of how much money he was getting. France does not like people making a lot of money, first of all. 
and Neymar was making and Neymar was making uber money and he wasn't like I guess producing in their eyes as much as they wanted to so like the first few years it was rough for him like everybody was hating on this dude he got hurt he was boat uh, showboating people don't like him showboating but I think it's I love him showboating that's my shit dude the way he was showboating against Peru both of the games they played against each other in this tournament fabulous but people don't like it and he he also is like he's he likes drama this dude loves drama he knows how good he is so and he loves to so he would keep on showboarding and he would talk shit on other players talking about how much money i make more than you it's like dude what but anyway so even i think the last game uh against peru even the last game even when jesus got a red car for basically karate kicking the opponent and he got a red car rightfully so Neymar decided to take it to social media and be like he poses a picture of the situation he's like how could they give him a look at this this is what all these ref came down to where they would give somebody too suspended for something he didn't intend to do but the thing is yeah he didn't we all understand that he didn't intend to do that obviously it still doesn't change that like it's a dangerous play bro you know so that's Neymar. Neymar is like someone who has too much money, but he's a. I think he's a nice guy. I mean, I don't see anybody talking. I don't see his peers talking any mad shit on him. Uh, he it seems like he has great relationship with all his coworkers. You know, I, we haven't heard any crazy stories yet. He's just he's just a superstar. He's acting. He has all the traits that superstar usually have. You know, too much into themselves, too much in their own little world. But anyways, but Neymar, regardless of his uh, character flaws, the guy has amazing talent. He's he's just too, I would say after Messi and Ronaldo, he's the third guy. And he was he said he wanted to face Argentina, like he was supporting Argentina because he wants to face the best. And I do believe that he does want to face the best. And Argentina are the best in this tournament to face. So the same thing on the other side as well. You know, Argentina, who for the longest has just been managed terribly. Uh, didn't have like the the cast the supporting cast that really was needed to win a trophy and in this tournament it seems like the pieces has been coming together you know Celso who's been there for a while he's finally getting into himself you know same with Rodriguez in the middle uh same with Martino Martinez up front you know and finally there's Gomez in there I think they should put Gomez in there not Gonzala you know they're finally getting the pieces together and they finally created a team that could be contentive towards Brazil. I don't want to say this is final time, but this is like a, you know, cutting close to his retirement in football without winning a major trophy with his national team. And I guarantee you people were never going to let him live that down. So, you know, this is it. This is another moment. And I hope he wins. I'm on his side, of course. But uh, Brazil just, I don't know. It's, it's in Brazil's home soil. I don't know how why... I don't, and Argentina is like their next door neighbor who are, you know, they're competing against and everything. So I can't imagine how they would feel letting them win in their own soil. But it'll, it just makes more excitement for the game to come. But other than that, that's it. Anyway, I'm out.